Hey everybody, welcome back to the Punk Till I Die podcast, episode 160 we're calling this, right Neil? 160, yes, and hoping that that's the correct number. <laughs> yes. Because we're well, all over you know, the place. And, and, and Neil and I, because we're old codgers, we were talking before we started about the weather, because like it's been freezing here in Michigan, I know it's been freezing in Illinois, Yep. and, um, and it's supposed to be like 50 tomorrow. 50 tomorrow, and but... the snow's going to melt. And then it's supposed to be like six to eight inches the next day. Yeah, what is it's going fantastic. on? Fantastic. Yeah. The, well, at, le- at least hopefully some of the snow that's on the ground is it's going to melt, so we'll get rid of that before the next wave comes in, right? That's all we can hope I, for. I, I have guess. my I have my driveway perfectly gnarly. Like it's got a lot of ice, but it was like that gnarly ice I could get traction on. <laughs> okay. But anyway, nice. nice work. Anyway, so speaking of actually, you know, I'm not sure how the weather is over there, and that that that, that might be my first question. But we have a guest with us today. Um, we have Josh from the Huntingtons. How are you doing, Josh? What's up, guys? Nice to meet you. Nice to meet you, yeah, my friend. You doing well? Yeah. So, are you are you you you're in some kind of a beach town in Maryland? Are you close to Baltimore, or where where are you at more or less? Without getting too specific, in case we have any stalkers in the audience. Yeah. There's a there's not too many uh, stalkers out this way. It, it's uh, the eastern shore of Maryland, so it's like two hours east of Baltimore. Oh, two um, hours yeah. east. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You go over the big Bay Bridge and drive another hour and a half or so and then you're at the beach and it's basically the entire ocean city maryland is like um the entire east coast of of maryland like the the beach Hmm. is literally you know once you keep going north you hit delaware and and south you're like down into virginia so it's so we got the whole uh any beach that's in maryland it's here it's kind of cool Nice. Yeah. How how are the be- how are the beaches out there on the East Coast? Are they nice? Nice yeah, sand. Yeah, uh, yeah. That's kind of why I moved here. I came down to visit my brother. He was in the Coast Guard, and he was like, "You should got you got to come check out this beach." Because we grew up, I grew up outside of Philadelphia, and we would always go to New Jersey, and it was just dirty, and you'd, you'd see like dirty needles on the beach. And stuff. <laughs> there you go. It's like yeah. it's like the Warriors, right? Yeah. Right. Yeah. You got you got to pay to get on the beach. Um, I think they still do that. It's ridiculous. And I came down. I was like, "You got a free beach and it's clean." Wow. <laughs> Sign I was me like, up, "What man. are the what's the uh, what's the housing market like?" Oh my gosh, it's like way more affordable than where I live now. So, um, yeah, bought a house, moved down here, and uh, bought a bunch of surfboards. <laughs> oh, nice. Well, so how nice. we, how are the so, winters though? Just like like what we were just yeah, I was talking about. Say, is it more? Is it mild like the Virginia Southern winters, or is it? Or like it's not like New England, obviously. I mean, how's the nah. how's the general situation? It's better than New Eng- New England. Not as good as like uh, Virginia and you know North South Carolina. Um, we had some decent snow this year, which is weird. Like every time it says it's going to snow, I'm like, yeah, right. We're you know we're in a peninsula. It just doesn't really happen. But um, they the weather guys proved me wrong this year. We got we got a like nine inches or so mm. a couple weeks ago. Yeah, that's nice. yeah, we call that we call that Tuesday here in the Midwest. <laughs> yeah, yeah, right. Yeah, I mean, I grew up with a lot of snow, and so I, I just, I think it's ridiculous. People around here, they, you know, they, they all raid the grocery store, and and uh, no one leaves the house. And I'm like, it's not that big a deal, really. You just drive a little bit slower, you know. No, that's that's my, true. My wife. My wife is going stir crazy, man, up here. I gotta say, she's she can't stop like going on Zillow and looking at places in like South Carolina. <laughs> South Carolina. <laughs> so, 
<laughs> we'll see how that we'll see how that works out for us. So nice. so Josh, do we let, let's start if you don't mind talking about the Huntingtons because they're a band that were definitely on my radar and they kind of fell off. And I was kind of pleasantly reminded of you guys over the last last year and and because all these reissues and stuff. But um, what's the what's the history of the band and where did you jump in? Um, it's uh, we're we're around like twenty six years, I guess, because they started in ninety five. And okay, that's um, dude, that's like twenty seven years. Yeah. Oh yeah. Yikes. Yeah, you're right. Math. <laughs> um, <laughs> It was, uh, they were originally called Cricket, and then they uh, were going to get sued by Buddy Holly and Buddy the Cricket, Holly. so um, it was, they had to change the name, and they, uh, original drummer Mikey, with two E's, uh, drove by a housing development called the Huntington's, and uh, up in Delaware, I guess, and he was like, that's a cool name, I don't think there's a Huntington's out there, and so it kind of just went from there, but... Um, was it like a slum or like a trailer park or was it like a nice place? No, I think it was like a, just like a, like townhouses. Hmm. Okay. And, gotcha. Um, Delaware's a, a small little state with sure a huge range of various demographics all over the place. And um, they call the part just north of where I live, which is like literally I drive two minutes and I'm in Delaware um, they call that the lower, slower Delaware. And mm. but Mikey lived up in the the northern Delaware. I don't know what what they call that, but yeah, it's <laughs> somewhere. There's a Huntington's complex, and that's where we got the name. It has no uh, hmm. fancy sp- specific meaning other than that. So but, I'm so I'm I'm surprised. So there's still Buddy and uh, Buddy Holly and the Crickets. The name is still in some kind of is protected somehow that's weird like who sued you do you know well they didn't sue us but it was the record label at the time which was uh flying tart records they said hey we can't put this out because they they have the the rights to uh anything cricket related and they they had released a few like um they did like a striper tribute where they did a striper cover um (laughs) and that was that that made it out as cricket and just recently like a year ago or something cliff got a hold of all of the original cricket like demo tapes and he put all of them out on all the streaming platforms and so we got some people messaging us like hey i don't know if you guys know this but there's some weird band cricket that's like on your spotify page and it doesn't sound like you guys and you got to look into that. And, and Cliff would be like, Oh no, no, that's all. That's, that's out there for the fans, man. It's all original demos and shows where we came from. But yeah. We, I, we I, get, we get, we get 1000th of a cent every time someone listens to one of those songs. <laughs> I know I told him once I, cause I, I checked the, I'm a stats guy and I, I look at the Spotify uh, numbers and stuff. And I'm like, and I look at Bandcamp sales and stuff and, it's like you know we we made about ten bucks on your uh, cricket releases. So <laughs> thanks he for that. He, he spent like he spent like thirty hours getting them ready oh, yeah. and preparing them. For 10 it's bucks. about thirty hours worth of music. <laughs> so the original okay, so the original guys in the band were Mikey, Cliffy, or or or, or who were the who were the? It was a trio, right? Originally. Yeah, yeah, Mikey, Cliffy, and Mikey. 
So Mikey, Mikey with, two Mikey. with an E-Y and Mikey with two E's. And, and, uh, and somewhere along the lines, and they put out a couple of records, and somewhere along the line they decided they wanted a second guitar player. Yeah. So they and got you this were, guy, Brad. Let's see. Um, yep, go ahead. Oh, yeah, so Brad, Bradley joined um, F, uh, right around the – so Fun and Games. He's pictured on the Fun and Games album. He didn't play on it. There was actually another guy, Tommy, that was in the band and recorded it. But uh, he's a good dude. I don't want to say anything bad about him. I just think there was some issues there in Sonic Iguana with Master Genie, and he, he just had some uh, – temper tantrums or whatever and so they they kicked him out of the band and they got brad and brad was on high school rock and then gotcha. uh and brad left and they got actually so a, a little known story is that cliff had called me around the time that brad left and or he tried to call me and he uh he saw like a compilation cd that i was in with another band and he saw, you know, the contact actually had like the contact phone number. This is back in late nineties and said, Josh, and he saw my picture and he's like, Oh, that's that guy, Josh. I think he plays all downstrokes. I'm going to call him. <laughs> there you go. And he, he left a message with our bass player from my other band. who's also named Josh. And <laughs> that Josh decided, he decided not to tell me at first because he didn't want me to quit the band and join a bigger band. <laughs> and uh, eventually he told me on the way, we're driving out to Cornerstone in Illinois. And he was like, I got to tell you this man, you know, Cliffy called and I guess he thought I was you. And I was like, I was kind of pissed off. And ironically, we get to Cornerstone. I see Cliff as we're pulling in to like go find a camp spot. I see, I see him standing there on the side of the road in his leather jacket. I'm like, I was like, stop the van. I jump out and I'm like, yo, did, did you call me? Is, were you trying to call me? And he's like, oh yeah, don't worry about it. We got another guy, CJ. He's really good. <laughs> I'm like, what do you mean? Don't worry about it. I, you know, I, I wouldn't mind like having a shot, you know, and um, long story short, CJ joined the band. He did get lost, plastic surgery. Uh, he did the split with Darlington. He did the founder Ramones record. He did like a huge chunk of records in a short period of time. And, uh, and then he, and Cliff is just like, you know, if, if it doesn't work out, we'll give you a call. And so eventually CJ Huntington was ready to move on and I got the call and it worked out in the end. I got to go, go to college in the meantime and just, you know, keep doing other stuff and, so, so you so, so what year what year was that you signed on then? That was uh September ninety nine was my first okay. show. Because I was gonna say the first song you picked is from ninety nine. Now did you play on that record or was that one of the one of the CD records? Um You picked Annie Annie's anorexic. Oh yeah, yeah. I didn't play on that. Yeah, that was um, that was okay, that was that was him. I uh, just like that. I like we, that song. And yeah. should, should we play I was that? Say that seems that seems like a good a good time to nice little segue. Yeah, yes. for sure, for sure. So okay, this is from Get Lost, nineteen ninety nine. Yeah, and he's anorexic from Get Lost. <laughs>
First from the Huntington's tonight, that was Annie's Anorexic from Get Lost. And for some reason I had that on a on like a compilation cassette. I'm not quite sure. I don't even really? probably didn't even know it was a Huntington's at the time. Or maybe what? it was on a compilation C D or something I had, but I definitely know that song and know it from way back, yeah. There's two two things actually I think they're are funny kind of because they had a per, a period there where they made like five records in a year. It was very, they were very very productive. So did you come in right at the end of that, or did you play on any of those? Like when that, that one year they put out five records with those all the other guy, or did you kind of come in at the end of that, or or when did you jump in? I kind of came in uh, during it, I guess. I came in, I joined before plastic surgery was out. I joined before the split with Darlington was out. Um, and I guess right after get lost was out, but they, uh, and there was a little bit of a discussion like, Hey, should we have Josh pictured on this album? Um, and I was, cause at the time they already knew that CJ was leaving. And, um, I was just like, Oh, I don't care what you guys want to do. I didn't play on it. So, you know, I, I feel weird just being on it. Um, they ended up just going with the the guys that were, well, it wasn't even all the guys that played on it because the drummer pictured, he didn't play on it either. Um, so it, 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 I don't know. The, he, he joined the band about like a month or two before I did. And 
they're about to do a photo shoot. So they had him do that, do that shot. <laughs> but, um, I didn't care. Uh, it just, it's, it's crazy that it was like a, such a huge amount of records out in such a short amount of time. And it's just because they, they recorded everything back to back. They just, they went and busted everything out like two records in a row in one recording session and, um, and then waited to put them out and you're just putting them out on CD. So it's not like all the hassle we have today with, with vinyl being backed up years, you know, um, I was going to say the, those records, a couple of them have just Mike, Mike just put them out. We'll probably get around to Mike eventually, but I mean, he must've started, you guys must start on it a year and a half ago or something, I bet, or, or who knows how long ago, right? Cause he's got the vinyl now in hand. So, right. Yeah. I um, assume it's a long-term project. So did you, the other, process. so the other time, cause I'm not entirely clear on the time frame. Uh, obviously the honeys did some shows with George Ramon famously. So were you in the band at that point or was that right before you jumped on? No, I just joined on and also oh, you you did those shows yeah oh how exciting amazing yeah i i heard well we heard about it and i said to the guys why aren't we why aren't we trying to play this and they were like well it's i mean you want to try and get us on that show go for it but uh I that was the joey we'll ramon, the joey ramon birthday bash right that was yeah the birthday bash, uh, no not a birthday bash it was just uh it was the uh wait wait, wait. Hang on. I have... You know what? The birthday bash might have been only after he died. Now that I think about it. They still do that. Uh, I have like a flyer. Oh, wow. Rearranged a bunch of stuff and moved my office studio out into the garage. But um, anyway, yeah, it's uh, it was December 17th, 1999. So I joined in September of that year. But it was it was basically like a it was called the Cyberpunk Blitz, and it was a Ramones cover contest with the winners being um, selected by uh, members of the Ramones to do a set with them. And it was just CJ did CJ Ramone did some songs with uh, one of the other bands, and and Joey sang with us. Um, Tommy was there, but he didn't, he was just there. He wasn't playing with anybody. Um, but basically I decided to give a call to CBGBs and try and get on the show like a week ahead of time. And they were like, you got to talk to Arturo. And I'm like, can you give me his number? And they gave me his number. I didn't know who at the time Arturo was. Uh, Arturo Um, Vega, obviously. Yeah. Exactly. And I called him and he's like, how'd you get my number? I'm like, Louise over at CBGB's gave it to me. No big deal. And anyway, we, we got to get on this show. And he's like, well, the, it's already set. There's already all the bands are booked and it's a week from now. You're a little late. And I'm like, yeah, but I really think that we should be on this. Um, and he, <laughs> I was just a young 19 year old punk kid and i didn't care i didn't know who i was talking to and just naive enough to get to yeah work, huh? exactly yeah and he's <laughs> like all right overnight me a cd and you know maybe i'll call you and so i sent him my personal copy of file under ramones and i overnighted fedex and he called i got a voicemail like a couple days later like joey ramones here he wants to talk to you ah. call me back and so i freaked out and um 
eventually talked to him and he's like, yeah, Joey wants, he wants to play with you guys. And no kidding. Don't, don't tell anyone, you know, but you, you win the contest. I'm like, okay, awesome. So then I got to talk to Joey on the phone for like a half hour about what songs to play. And, uh, we drove up to New York and we did like a set of Ramon's songs just to like, you know, be part of the contest. But we, but nobody knew that we actually got there early and got to sound check with him. And um, Boy, it was rigged. It was like a fifties game show, huh? It was just uh, totally, it was totally, rigged. totally rigged. Yeah. And uh, who, who are you going to complain to now? CBGB's is not CBGB's anymore. <laughs> true <laughs> none of the originals are around arturo's gone you know so it's like how many songs yeah. how many songs did you get to play i think for that one we did seven songs with him the first time and i think the second time we did i want to say nine songs because hmm. uh, i think one of them just got like a proper vinyl release right I, I was kind of perusing your discography and that is available on vinyl at some point yeah I don't know which that, set that the first one um it's not the whole show it's like i think uh i think it's three hang on i have it right here somewhere i thought i had all this i thought i had like seven songs on it but that's yeah it's uh like i think three songs on each side yeah six songs it looks like yeah 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 Old Ramones uh, classics, obviously, ending with Blitzkrieg Bob. But yeah, Garden of Serenity, Beat on the Brat. Yeah. I was gonna say it's that Garden of Serenity kind of stands out because that was that was a much later song. Oh yeah. Like it was like the only one that wasn't for the first four. Yeah. Did uh yeah. so what was your what was your impression of Joey? Uh I mean he was I had actually talked to him prior to that on a AOL instant messenger. There we go. Date, yeah. Dating yourself now, mate. That's Not great. Dating ourselves now, That's awesome. Right. No, yeah. That's America Online like, for all you kids. America yeah. Online. America Online. A friend of mine in school was like, I have Joey Ramon's AIM, AIM chat ID. I'm like, give it to me. And she gave it to me. And I tried it one day. And I was just asking him questions. And like, is this really, really Joey Ramon? And he would respond a little bit and then and finally he was like quit bugging me kid you know? <laughs> um but uh i didn't tell him that when i talked to him on the phone but he was he was, <laughs> was super cool was like, you, you know yeah. he would just like talk about he would just go off on tangents and it's like i i saw joe queer recently he sends his he says hi he sends his regards or whatever and um but when he was telling me song songs that he wanted to play, like yeah, Garner Serenity, you know that's going to stick out. Obviously, I I never tried to learn that one, so I had to do a little work before the show. And he's like, I definitely want to do Surfing Bird. I'm like, really? Wow. I mean, that's super easy, but not really that easy because the timing of Surfer Surfing Bird is just you really got to count so you know so you don't so he comes in at the right time or so that you switch to the right chord at the right time and um that's one thing i wish was on that vinyl the seven inch that came out but um the record label over in italy chose those songs and uh i it's kind of a totally uh, it's probably a, a big illegal thing for them to even put that out but 
Oh, um, I don't think they got any permission from the Ramones camp. And you're not getting your ten bucks for that one. I mean, they they sent us copies, and we. Oh, that's cool. That's pretty. That's pretty weird, people. though, man. You you got you got a band from New Jersey, and you got Joey Ramone, and it's at CBGBs, and yet it's recorded by an Italian label and only available in Europe. It seems like. <laughs> right. It kind of yeah. stinks. Well, we we weren't. Just to clarify, we weren't. No, nobody was from New Jersey. I New Jersey associated with Baltimore, right? Yeah, yeah. I oh. grew up out, outside of Philly, but I, I I mentioned we would go to New Jersey to go to the beach, but I very much dislike New Jersey. Okay, sure. yeah, my bad, my my my, <laughs> my bad, but I'm I'm at the east coast of the USA, but it, but it's being put out by exactly. a label in Italy. You know, <laughs> it's just weird. Yep, yep. It's just weird. Anyway, Italians are awesome, man. They. Uh, we're working with, as well as Sexy Baby Records, we're working with Stripe um, over in Italy be, uh, for this new thing that we got coming out. And whenever. Well, that's the Mangies guy, right? Yep. 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 Andrea. They're, they're awesome. Yeah, Andrea. Yeah, and, and we in, we interviewed we actually we interviewed uh, Latte Latte Pew, right, uh, Tom from, oh, from, yeah, from yeah. Italy? Yeah. 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 We had you those, know those guys. guys Latte Latte Pew. Yeah, I I was looking through your. Uh, First of all, congrats on 100 and what 160 this is. Yeah, it's crazy. That's yeah. a lot. Yeah, <laughs> I was scrolling through like um, I listened to the Mike Weinberg episode and I listened to a little of the Ramonas and uh, and the most recent one the where uh, the the love episode. Oh God, <laughs> dude, that's a long yeah. one, man. That's isn't that like that's like two hours twenty minutes. That's a that's well, a lot. You love. By the way, Neil, are you? Uh, so in the beginning, you were talking about having COVID. Are you are you good now? No, not not, not me, my friend. I didn't have COVID. Oh, maybe that was a joke. <laughs> you said something in the beginning, like I, I love love so much that I got COVID. Oh, oh yeah, we 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 dude, we, when you talk as many hours as we do, it's very difficult <laughs> to remember what you say yeah. sometimes. I think that might have been Tom that said that. If you talk about love and love, that would have been Tom. That wouldn't have been me. <laughs> okay, he also, yeah. he he's the love. lover. Yes. <laughs> Well, listen. I have more. I have more to say about the Zach episode, but we recorded that one quite a bit ahead, and I, I, I uh, definitely next time you and I are by ourselves, you know, we'll we'll dissect that one a little bit. <laughs> yeah, I don't. Even, I don't even remember some of the shit that we said. To be honest, it was cool <laughs> having Mike on though, because Mike Mike doesn't really do publicity. That's not really his thing. Right. And it was, uh, and it was good hearing about kind of the his side of the business and stuff. It was cool. So I'll tell you what. Let's play another song. Yep. Yeah. So the next one is going to be I would give you anything plast from plastic surgery, which I gotta say I'm gonna have to grab this reissue. I love the new cover especially. It's really so, cool. Anything, yeah, another anything? one I did not play on, but oh, I was gonna say, what are you gonna tell us about this song? But I guess if you didn't play <laughs> on it, you're probably not gonna tell us anything. No, so. it's just it's such a great song. I do have something I can go back and say about Annie's anorexic, but but we can play this one for now. Well, what do you want to say about Annie's anorexic? You can. All right, all right. We don't want to say switch. whatever you want. Yeah. So with Annie, it's kind of funny. You mentioned you saw it on like a compilation or yeah. something. And, yep, yep. Um, I I always wondered why, because like I said, I'm a stats guy. When I look at what songs are most popular, that one is always up there. And it's like the most popular original song um, on on like streaming services. And I'm like, why? It's a great song. I love it. But um it turns out we ended up on some uh, eating disorder, uh, like 
not compilations, but you know, you make they make like playlists a fundraiser thing or something. I don't oh, know. There's no, a, no kidding, all kinds of all kinds of playlists for eating disorders that that song is added to, and it just increased the numbers like crazy for it. Wow! <laughs> and 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 it's just like I, the the other thing that kind of goes along with that is um, if you look at Spotify, the first song that's always going to come up is Bonza Goes to Bitburg, the cover. Um, that they did on file under Ramones and it's like that one I'm like why is that one above other Ramones songs that we've done and why is it the number one song that that we have streaming and it's because we somehow ended up on the streaming version of the School of Rock soundtrack <laughs> and if you watch that movie the School of Rock soundtracks yeah like the movie okay. it's 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 Ramon's version. It's not our version, but hmm. uh, on the streaming version, it's our version. And that's bizarre. So that like really helped out. And uh, I, I probably shouldn't be talking about that because maybe they're going to find out and be like, <laughs> pull it. Yeah, you guys owe us <laughs> a lot of money. It's going to cost you guys yeah. $2. It's going to cost each of you guys $2 a year. Right. Yeah. <laughs> all of a sudden, like, we, we're, our numbers drop drastically. And yeah. But, I, th- I thought um, you were going to say like, oh, it ended up on it ended up on some white supremacist playlist or something. Some Nazi. No. <laughs> Nazi yeah, I mean, you know? the people can make their own playlists and put whatever they want yeah. on there. But yeah, yeah well, I have to there. I have to say that's not where I heard Annie's anorexic. I have to say okay. it was not an eating well, disorder playlist. I heard it somewhere. I think on a real compilation good. somewhere. But anyway. Um, yeah. So yeah, I would give you anything off of plastic surgery. Do you know what that's uh, what that one's specifically about or anything specifically it's just such a beautiful song i I got the uh the new uh reissue in the mail this past week and just listening to it when that one comes on i crank it i'm just like oh my gosh this is so just such a beautiful song i can't believe that it wasn't like a radio hit and i can say that because i wasn't in the band at the time or anything i just i'm a i'm a fan you know that's a big fan of the song yeah. Can't beat that. All right, well, let's listen to it, everybody. This is um, Huntington's with I Would Give You Anything from the day after Valentine's Day. Baby, we'll be okay. 
okay, Huntington's there with I would give you anything. Very nice. Yeah. Neil? Yes, so, sir. So, Neil, did you, also, did you also know that Josh has regularly played in C.J. Ramon's touring band? I did not know that. No, I did not so know that. So how did how did that? He's got more more Ramones connections than almost anyone alive at this point. How did how did that end up happening, Josh? That was because our drummer now Chris he sent a drunk text to see or a, a drunk Facebook message to CJ Ramone. <laughs> Facebook, said, America Online, man, you guys, right. you guys yep. are all over the place. He was like, <laughs> if it was my hey, if it was MySpace, know. it'd be perfect. Yeah, MySpace right. is good. <laughs> yeah i met i met cj like when we played with with joey at the at the first show anyway he was there um and i followed him online and stuff but i never it that was 99 so this this is around i guess 2015 i think when we started that and uh chris our drummer called me up he's like hey um just so you know, I I may have sort of drunk messaged CJ Ramon last night and told him that we're available if he ever needs East Coast guys. I'm like, why would you do that? And he's like, I don't know, man. I just I was just whatever, just screwing <laughs> around. And um, but he messaged me and he's like, I'm always looking for East Coast guys. I specifically need a guitarist uh, for this thing coming up and. And I was like, man, I wish I played guitar, but I, I told him to contact you and I gave him your number. So he might be calling you. I was like, wow. All right. Uh, thanks. You know, we'll see what happens. And, but yeah, I was at work at the time. I was like selling advertising commercials for Comcast and kind of hating my life. And <laughs> I was out like driving around trying to, sell stuff and got the call i see it's a new york number so i'm like hello and he's like hey uh you know i need you to uh you know blah 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 you know i'm like well do you first of all do you know who we are do you know who i am and stuff he's like yeah yeah i I remember that show and stuff and i'm like all right i'm just making sure it wasn't just like you know random phone number that someone gave you and um and yeah it it turned into uh He's like, I need this one show and then maybe we could do like a couple other shows. And then it was like, what are you able to go to Europe for a few weeks? And I was, I, I ended up using all of my vacation plus, plus more like time that I wasn't getting paid for. And it was just like, I'll, I'll do it. And, you know, my, my boss let me go. She knew it was a big deal. And while we're in Europe, it was what's your schedule like next year? <laughs> and I'm like, what, what's your schedule? Like, you know, what do you have? What do you want? <laughs> and it was, I ended up quitting my job and just hitting the road. And it was wow. a good time, time, like timing wise in my life, it was worked out. I was separating from my wife and, uh, it was, it would be a pain to like actually move into a different place and stuff. So it, I was like, I can actually just be on the road all the time. And then we don't have to get an extra place for us to actually separate. And, um, I hit the road and went to South America and Japan and Europe a bunch of times and did a bunch of UK stuff. And, uh, 
it was a blast. And then he moved his wife's families from San Francisco. And I say he's out west now, right? Yeah. 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 Whenever he would go on tour, he would fly his wife's parents out to like help take care of the kids while he's gone. And that just got to be too much for him. So he eventually moved out west. And the last show I ever played with him was actually Reggie's in Chicago. Oh, excellent. Oh, no kidding. We love Reggie's. Yeah. It was um, a couple years ago. We did uh, two back to back nights with Screeching Weasel. And oh, yeah, uh, yeah, I remember that. That was quite a few years ago now, wasn't it? Yeah. Uh, I want to say like 2018, maybe, or something yeah. 2017, something like that it's been a few years now and was that the, was that the night they were doing like weasel was doing like two different sets and they did one set that was all old stuff or something um i think doesn't matter maybe i i mean they i know they did we did a show with them we played with the riverdales in philly and it was oh yeah i think screeching weasel had a, a show the night before and I don't know. He's done a few a few things where he, he would like, you know, mix it up, different sets. But I'm not sure if the Reggie's one was. I remember when they used to do the Weasel and the Riverdale shows together, and, they, and the Weasel would play the big room, and then the Riverdale's would play the smaller room the next night. I remember when they were doing that. Yeah. Um. So so you're not playing with CG anymore. That's pretty much done since he moved out west. Then or well, he says he's not going to anymore, right? Yeah, I would say it's pretty much done. Especially like COVID kind of killed stuff, and then he was. He still plays with uh, me first in Gimme oh, Gimme's. Gimme Gimme's, so that's right. He's, that's a they, pretty sweet gig. They've been doing stuff, yeah. Yeah, they play big. They play big rooms too. That's a, they're a pretty popular band, obviously. Yeah. Um, They'll go around and do all the do festivals, and so he can fly in for that kind of stuff. He the last I heard about me actually playing with him, he was like, "You're in the bullpen, <laughs> right?" So it was never like you're fired or I moved, so you're not hired anymore. It was just. You're you're in the bullpen if you know I'll call you and if you're available then we'll see, but I don't well, expect sure. that to happen. At some point you had to get another job probably. <laughs> so yeah, well, I, when when I left like working the real world, I I would just go on tour and then come back and bartend, um, and I had, I worked at a, a cool bar that was good, like you know, whenever you're back and you can work, let us know. Oh, that's cool. Uh, yeah. So I, I was doing that and now I'm like working. I'm still bartending just in living in this like beach town. It's a, uh, you can make a lot of money in the summer months bartending uh, to where if you, if you don't want to work in the winter, you don't really have to, if you're hmm. smart, smart. Wow. So, wow. That's amazing. That's good. I don't want to work in the winter. Yeah. <laughs> what do I, I where do I get that gig? Hey, what yeah, was, exactly. what were some of your favorite, uh, favorite places in Europe? You said you, you toured over Europe with them. Yeah, um, uh, Italy and and Germany always stick out as like just wild, wild shows, and and it was the same thing. The Huntington's have been overseas twice, okay. and and we had a, a same kind of vibe at in those countries. Um, we did a UK tour with the Isotopes when I was with CJ, mm-hmm. and that was a blast. Like. Um, I went to the Marshall factory and Oh, no kidding. Yeah. Like, uh, and I have some friends and, uh, I have a lot of friends in London that it was just cool seeing all them. And the, uh, the underground 
in London is just awesome. Mm-hmm. Um, I think when we played there, we had a, a Chris Huntington's drummer couldn't do that tour. And so we got Griffin, who was the drummer of another band that we did a huge U.S. and Canada tour with called Big Eyes. Um, we got him to fill in on drums for that. And uh, his dad is actually uh, Jerry Harrison from Talking Heads. Hmm. Oh, Talking Heads? Crazy. Oh, yeah, okay. like, like, and he's a producer like, too, right? Yeah, yeah. And uh, we, we met him yeah. in, out in out west. And we were on, on that tour. And I was like, wait, this is your dad? Are you <laughs> like, it's like this kid who was like on tour with us. And um, But anyway, it was funny because I think the London show was one of the first shows of that tour and one of his first shows playing with us. And he was just insanely blazing fast. Um, and a lot of it is on YouTube. And I, if I'd go back and find it, I'd be like, oh, my gosh, it's like it's it's like you hit the wrong you know, <laughs> play, play, play single the wrong speed yeah. or whatever. And yeah, and it's just so <laughs> fast and early in the tour. It's no big deal. And usually, I guess, normally as tour goes on, it gets faster. But yeah, we had to really slow him down. But, yeah. That's what I found. Actually, that's what, Tom, and you probably found this, too. When you saw the Ramones towards the end, they were playing the songs too fast, I thought. Yeah. I blame it on Marky. Yeah, there you go. Yeah, blame, blame, blame everything on him. Sure. Johnny really wanted did. to go I, faster. He was, like, he was, like, trying to get it done as quickly as possible, I guess. But um, well, Yeah, that could be. Well, and Joey's voice wasn't the same, you know, later. Right. The career kind of blew his voice out, and... Between Marky's drumming and, you know, Marky was obviously a fine drummer. And I think you could argue that Marky was a better technical drummer than Tommy. He just didn't have exactly the same touch. Right. It wasn't wasn't quite the same, even though he played on more records and blah, blah, blah. Well, I'll tell you what, Neil, let's I'm going to we're going to play another song. I'm going to let Josh explain it. And I am I I had a dry January, but I'm off the wagon again. So I'm actually drinking a beer. I'm going to have to go pee. So I'm going (laughs) to go pee while we play the next song. And when you come back, when we come back, you can talk to him about i'll be right back but you can talk to him about how they met up with our pal mikey in chicago there and okay. how they ended up working with them to put out the reissuing the albums all right we'll see okay song like plan right. yep so um all we're right. gonna so do you... we're gonna do enchant- Go enchantments under the sea next right all right yeah so what is yeah. what what's the deal with that one apart, apart from it being a, a song out of uh back to the future i mean the uh the dance and back to the future right yeah yeah um we had a, you know, on High School Rock, there was the song 1985, and it was basically all about Back to the Future. And mm-hmm. uh, originally, I think, I don't know if it was an original plan or whatever, but it turned into a plan to where we should have a trilogy of BTTF songs. And we finally completed that trilogy on the newest out al- or newest full length album with a song called Say Hi to Your Mom for Me. Wow. But, this is go. the one in the middle. It's uh Chairman C. It's just a really good, like fun song that uh I was actually on this record and um the whole process of kind of getting these songs together, uh it was interesting because Mike, our singer, really uh kind of wrote the whole thing and mailed us a demo like C D of like computerized drum stuff and just like just to get the idea of, of the songs and we did 
just got together for a couple of rehearsals and then went to the studio and we had monkey the original drummer playing on it so for me it was cool because i'm finally playing with the original lineup and that was the only song on that record that i really had any uh contribution on and and uh what's going on here i think i think tom's slipping back into his chair again that was that was that that was tender tom slipping into his chair i think was that was that very noisy yeah it was (laughs) So was that was, was that your belly not knocking the microphone boy? Could be. Yeah, very nice. I'm, I'm sitting in like my my father-in-law's like old chair that he had to give up his leather recliner because he couldn't get in and out of it anymore. Ah. But it's a pretty sweet. It's like a well-worn leather jacket at this point. You know. What's that, what sounds like you were having a hard time getting in and out of it too, mate. <laughs> I have nice. to say. Puffing and puffing. Yeah. So anyway, let's let's yeah. let's listen to the song. Um, Enchantment. All this you just yeah. still introducing the song. Well, he was te- he was telling us what oh, it was about. It was you missed it. It was fascinating. It was. Uh, I got back to the future. I got to work on the, on the long stories. No, it was good. Stories. No, it was good, man. That was a good one. So yeah, Enchantment Under the Sea from the album Songs in the Key of You from two thousand and one, The Huntingtons. <laughs> Do you wanna hold my 
Alright, Huntington's there with Enchantment Under the Sea. And again, that was from the original Back to the Future movie. Uh, with, that was the name of the dance, I believe, right? The, I was wondering if that was what that was. Cause, okay, because I know that movie real well. And yeah, the Enchantment of the Sea. Okay. Yeah, yeah. So you yeah, missed that. You missed the whole introduction, Tom. It was fascinating, and you missed it. Well, I heard it, I heard it mention amazing. that he contributed to that song. So. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Well, no, I, when I say so, I contributed, like, it was just, it was certain little parts, like, where it stops, and it's like, oh, yeah, because she's about to get her. You know, it's like a, just the structure of it. Mike had it kind of like laid out sort of basic and um and so it, like I remember talking to Mikey the drummer and uh just being like what if you just stop right here and then come back in on you know dan dan and little things like that but mm-hmm. I felt like I wasn't really able to contribute to much of anything else cuz we had such a short time crunch to like all right, you know, here, learn the songs, and then we're going to the studio next week. And um, so we, there wasn't a whole lot of, like, really working on the songs together. It was just like a, a Mikey hunting, Mikey singer uh, project. But it's uh, it's a a very good project from, from Mikey. And <laughs> he did a, he wrote some really killer songs on that. And there was actually a, uh, the other song that I, kind of wanted to mention was baby please don't leave because that record came out in 2001 and uh we recorded it in early or like i want to say like summertime 2001 and joey died in april so he died on easter Mm. april 2001 2001 that's right uh yeah and so we had talked to him about him singing on the record and that was the baby please don't leave was one that we kind of had set aside for joey to sing on Hmm. and obviously it didn't work out because he wasn't here but um that song kind of means a lot as well and but if you got to pick one from an album i would yeah Maybe we'll play out with that. Yeah, maybe, maybe play we'll out with play that out one. With that yeah. Hey, you uh, you when you were playing with him, when you did, did those couple of shows with him in '99, was he was he at all sick then, or did he seem fine? Uh, well, the first show was in '99. The next one was in October 2000. Okay. And at that point, it was um, he he definitely looked different. Um, there's been some back and forth about like whether or not that show was his final show, but I'm pretty sure he played another one, um, at the continental. Mm. I think it was his last CBGB's show. Um, I think he played one more after that. And, uh, it, he was, he struggled a little bit. Yeah. And it, it's all, I've seen the YouTube footage. You can, you can tell the, I can tell the difference right away from, uh, between the two shows, like which which one is which? Sure, like, sure, yeah, yeah. We all we all look the same, but he looks a little different. Okay. Yeah, did you? Too bad. Hey, this is. I'm, I'm going to go totally off the reservation here. But did you ever? Did you meet his brother Mickey? Yeah, Mickey played. I think he played the second show. I think he was at the first one, but his his band played the second show. And is, is really he a live wire? Is he a live wire? He's available for interviews. I'm, I'm like, man. Part of me is like. Man, it'd be really interesting to talk to him. By the same token, uh, uh, he might be irritated if I just keep asking him about. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, <laughs> right. I think 
I think he uh, is making a living off of, uh, you know, it's right they're, now the, they're the Ramones. A movie, they're making a movie about his biography. Yeah. I slept with Joey Ramone. Yeah. 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 Which I can't That's, wait to oh, see. Yeah. Pete Davidson, right? Yeah. Because right. I read all the Ramones books and I find them so fascinating. And the one that I, I really like on the road with the Ramones, the Monty Melnick one. Because mm-hmm. he really gets into Joey's OCD. Like, he's the only one who really seems to want to talk about that stuff. And maybe it's yeah. to protect Joey's legacy or whatever. But it's it's very interesting. It's very interesting stuff. I think Johnny, men- you, Johnny mentioned it in his. That? Well, sorry. What I, was that? I, see, I haven't read Commando. That's the only one I haven't read. Yeah, Johnny, did, uh, Johnny mentioned you, that in his, for sure. Did you see that in him? Or was that not really too much of an issue with the little bit you worked with him, with Joey? Not really. Like, the, I mean, it was all just on stage and we were backstage a little bit with him and backstage CBGB's is like a closet, you know? Yeah. And he, uh, we better in the bathroom though. Right. <laughs> yeah. Um, he, he's, he was very casual and like when we were warming up prior to him getting there the first time, all of a sudden we're on stage playing something and this is like during sound check and we see like the tall silhouette, walking towards us and kind of all got freaked out and <laughs> he comes up on stage and he's like, Oh, you guys all look like CJ Ramon, huh? you know? And, uh, <laughs> and then he, uh, and then, so he goes over to the mic that our singer was using, which is like way down because we would kind of do the not quite chicks dig it sure. spread out. Stance, yeah, yeah, yeah. The like spread legs. Yeah, and, yeah. The Johnny stuff. And, uh, and we're also all way shorter than him and, so he's trying to pick the mic up and uh, Cliff was like, yeah, sorry. He, our singer, Mike, like, he likes to bend over and he's like, oh, oh, he likes to bend over. Does he, you know, <laughs> joking around. Good stuff. Like, Good stuff. Yep. Yeah. That's great. Joey with the one liners. Yeah. Huh? Yeah. I love it. Yeah. It's quick. <laughs> so, <laughs> so, uh, how about, so, okay, I, I totally different though, just because you talked about it a little bit. I mean, how about CJ? To me, because to me, CJ is the guy kind of keeping the band's legacy alive right now. Um, yeah. CJ, 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 an awesome dude or what? I want, I really want to hear that he's an awesome dude. Oh, he is. Yeah. Super cool dude. And he's like, for real, I, I, I was a little nervous to get out on, like, to go on tour with someone of that level. And I asked him, like, what? what are your tours like, like for real? Don't lie to me. I don't, I'm not really, you know, I don't know. I might still do this either way, but I'm really not interested in like the whole sex, drugs, rock and roll thing right now. And he was just like, no, man, I go on tour so I can catch up on sleep. I I got three kids at home and kids. I I got, I just, when I go on tour, it's not, it's not a massive party. And if there are any drugs or anything like that, you're, you're out of the band. Um, I've had to kick guys out of the band before and I've never been into any drugs or anything. So that was a, a relief to hear. And, uh, it was I good. Johnny loved him so much. Yeah. <laughs> yeah right. Exactly. Right. Yeah. Drinking his Yahoo or you who are. Yeah. Right. <laughs> Yahoo. <laughs> nice one. Nice one. Yeah. So, yeah. Hey, so was, was it, was, so, was, was that all original that's, stuff that's, or, or was he doing? Cause, yeah. Cause I, Go ahead, Neil. I'm sorry. No, I was going to say, was it was he was he playing Ramones covers or was it all original stuff at that point? Because I know he's released numerous albums, right, CJ? Right. Every single tour, every tour, he'd be like, "We're doing my stuff this tour," and we're like, "Okay, all right, boss." You know, 
but we would learn all everything and he would always write up these set lists and we'd be like wow you got you got two ramon songs in this set list you really think that that's going to happen <laughs> and he's like we we got to do it we got to promote my stuff you know i got you know fat fat records wants me to play my stuff and but we'd sure. be out there and you do as soon as you do one ramon song or even before then if it's like if you're not feeling the vibe if the crowd just isn't into it because they're obviously they want to hear ramon songs uh he would just turn around and be like all right rockaway beach <laughs> what do they worry and we would just so he told chris and i when we joined the band he told us to learn every ramon song and he came over to my house for a weekend and we just 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 for just those 14 albums worth no big deal right? <laughs> you, you, know, like yeah. you, you really should know every song and we we kind of knew most most of them but then you get into some obscure stuff and we're in there practicing, you know, seven or whatever, like Animal Boy, yeah, all all the stuff. I mean, just some really obscure stuff, and uh, it worked out because there was a lot of times where they they really like came in all the those learning them deep down, you know, kind of muscle memory stuff, and you'd be like, you guys know, uh, you know, we or we did an acoustic set at the museum in. Uh, the Ramones Museum in Berlin. Oh, Berlin. And uh, we did like questioningly, hmm. you know, like that, that was a lot of fun. And I, I knew Songs I was, that most people never saw the Ramones play. Yeah. Right. Right. Yeah. We always played, um, I want to be your boyfriend and, hmm. and, uh, and baby, I love you. He loved playing them. And it was like hmm. kind of his, uh, He's like, I like to, when I go on the road, he pretty much say this all the time. He's like, I like to do stuff that, you know, the Ramones would never do. And, uh, and you know, because Joey wrote them about Johnny's wife and we'd throw jokes in and stuff. And, uh, but it was cool. We got, we got to do some really random stuff. I always loved that song, uh, sitting in my room. Mm-hmm. off Plus and oh, Yeah. And, yep. One of my favorite Ramones albums, that one, Pleasant yeah. Dreams. Love that one. All right. I mentioned to him once, like, dude, this is like sitting in my rooms. One actually one of my random weird favorite Ramones songs. And he's like, Yeah, we should start doing that. I'm like, for real? Yeah, we should. And then we just started playing it. It was awesome. Like I, it was a lot of fun to play and it's a great song. You know? See, he probably never played that. He never played that with Ramones, probably. It's because they had a really regimented I mean, I saw them a couple times in the '90s. I know Neil saw them a couple, few times over the years, but they probably only had like a forty-song playlist that they played off of. Yeah, I mean, you, you think Neil? Well, towards the end, for sure. Yeah, when they were doing the greatest playing, hits, that you know, kind of thing. Not yeah. my place in the nine-to-five world. They weren't right. pulling out any yeah. deep cuts, yeah. you know. She's a sensation. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, they might have pulled that one out, but anyway, it doesn't matter. So, so what's the current state of the? huntington's record so you're putting out uh, for first of all thanks to mike from sexy baby because he's actually the one who sent you our direction which i love when somebody reaches out and said hey you want to have somebody who you know people have heard of as a guest like, yeah sure. <laughs> yeah definitely it's, it's for that. yeah that's good yeah. and uh so how did you guys hook up with mike and what's the current state of uh the uh huntington's lps older like the 2000 stuff 2000 era stuff yeah, I don't know. I've known him for a while. I can't remember how we actually met, but the last time I saw him was when I was on tour with CJ and we played in Chicago and 
he came out and brought me like a big bag full of hair products because he's got his other <laughs> yeah business. that's right he, yeah, 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 he does uh, indeed he does product, yeah, yeah uh, iron something isn't it is it iron something what's it what's it yeah, called like, yeah like iron horse uh, or something yeah iron heritage iron heritage yeah and there you go sounds like a harley yeah it's a it's got some really cool you know pins and t-shirts and uh so i and it's always good to if you're ever you know able to give a band merchandise that they might actually wear do it because it's free promotion and you know we cj wore his shirt on stage and i've worn a shirt a bunch of times not that i'm that famous but like it was it was definitely good and um and uh we i don't know he told me about his record label and just he would send me a message every now and then like what how can we get get lost on vinyl i'm like good luck you know it's basically universal bought all of the old tooth and nail catalog and is that right yeah i had no idea okay I'm like, good luck, man. We're on a major label now. We're used to, <laughs> yeah. We used, yeah. used to be on a major label, sort of, or something. Yeah, you're on a major label, yeah. but major labels only care about huge units, right? Huge right, numbers of right. units. And it just, it was never like, people have tried, but you just, you can't get through to anyone and you can't, you know, there's just, it's not going to happen. And if you ask Tooth and Nail, they're like, we don't own it anymore. So you got to look, reach out to, universal and so he he reached out to people and he talked to other people who knew people and one thing led to another he he bought rights to get lost and um plastic surgery and got it got it done it took a long time and then on top of that you got the record plants that are you know way backed up and so it eventually it all you know they're they're coming out they're out now and um, up next on the on the plans here, we just recorded a split with the Travoltas from the Netherlands, from Europe, the Netherlands. I want to say the Netherlands. Okay. Yeah, Perry, their singer, lives in uh, Sweden. But awesome band. I've we played with Huntington's toured over there in 2000, and we played a couple shows with them. Became good friends with. Um, with Perry, their singer, and him and I have talked about doing a split for years and years. And um, I'm like, hey, you know, we're coming up on like 20 years of discussing this idea. Um, Time so to get asked, off the pot, huh? Yeah, I asked Mike if he would be interested in in doing it, and he's like, yeah. And and then we talked to um, Striped over in Italy, and they were like, yeah, well, we want to be a part of it as well and so they're going to do the european version i don't think any of this info is public knowledge yet but i don't really care it's who cares do you do you do you take care of a lot of the business stuff are you the guy who does a lot of the business stuff with the band josh or you all kind of do it or is is that kind of your role um i handle all the merch and i i do a lot of the business stuff our chris our drummer kind of handles booking shows and he does all the okay most of the social media posts and stuff like that. Um, Cliff is a guitar player and he's, he's, he's there. He's the guy in the band everyone knows. And he doesn't really have a whole lot to do when it comes to like 
like he, if he's behind the merch table at a show, that's one thing, but, um, he, he actually lives close by to me and I had him come over the other day cause I needed him to sign like 10 records Just every now and then there's a, somebody's requests something to be signed and sure. I'm like, all right, sure. well we can, we can get, I can get like a couple people to sign it and, and then we'll probably do like, you know, we'll eventually get everybody to sign a handful of them and do some kind of giveaway or whatever. But he doesn't really do a whole lot. And Mike, Mike does, Mike's like the, the brains behind it. I always go to him like with, Hey, um, I'm about to order these stickers, uh, for, for merch. Are you cool with this design? And, Oh yeah, that looks awesome. Yeah. Go for it. And, I don't even ask the other guys. It's like, if Mike gives the okay, then, then it's okay. And Cliff will agree with that. He's like, oh, whatever Mike wants to do, man. You know? So there you go. He's, he's the so, boss, but yeah, I, I kind of do handle most of the stuff. So you guys, so, so, well, so when you guys are playing shows and you're playing a couple of shows here in the spring, I know at least, do, are you guys going to have those records for sale? I'm always fascinated what's going to be at the vinyl table because I would love to buy both those records. I can order them from Mike, but I'd buy them from the band if they have them. Will the band be selling, slinging the vinyl, or, or are they already out of their copies? No, yeah, we'll we'll have them for sure. Um, Sweet. We're like I said, I just got the plastic surgery records in like this past week, and we're holding off on selling them on on the uh on the bandcamp page because she got some shows coming up yeah and we want to make sure that mike mike weinberg has time to sell his copies and stuff ah gotcha out of respect you know and uh the day we got him it was like we asked him like hey do you want us like are you cool with us selling these or would you rather hold off he's like oh I mean, if you are okay with holding off, you know, uh, yeah, we'll hold off. Don't worry about, it. you know, we got. He seems pretty. Mike so. seems pretty. He seems pretty easy going. I, I bet you he's a pretty yeah. easy guy to do business with. Uh, so great. I'll tell you what. Yeah. Let's, oh, let's play. A, let's play another song, and then we'll talk about this upcoming show and maybe why we won't see you there. So let's yeah. uh, <laughs> let's play. Uh, what's <laughs> the right. next song? She's all what's right. The next song, you. It's uh, she's, she's all, right. all right. Yeah, from Rock and Roll now, Habits for the New Way. You were a full-fledged member of the band at this point, certainly contributing member at the, this point, right? What's this song about? This is the Rock and Roll Habits for the New Wave version. Then, yeah, um, this was a re Well, this is re-recorded, isn't it? Yeah. Yep, yep. So it's from the first album, uh, Sweet 16. But we did a re-recording of um, songs from the first couple albums and a couple extras. Um, and I this song in particular was just like the first time I really like had a Huntington's experience, I guess was they were playing this song and uh, some random kid in the, in this crowd looked at me and he said, do you want, do you want to go up on stage with me? And I was like, yeah, I was just like a punk kid. And it was like, yeah, let's go. And we jumped up on stage and sang the chorus. And so that was really my first time like on stage singing <laughs> Huntington oh, and it was just it's a great song and it's so much fun to play it's super simple it's like two chords not even three chords and um our old drummer rick uh who came in uh, around the early 2000 era 
he would do a lot of cool extra stuff, which kind of stuck as we moved on to our current drummer, Chris, um, some of the moves and stuff he would extra stuff he would add in, uh, just made it a lot of fun to play and always a good live song, classic, stupid lyrics, but great lyrics. <laughs> All right. Well, let's listen to that. This is the Huntington's with She's All Right. with she's all right there from uh rock and roll habits for the new wave which like a lot of their albums or a number of their albums it's got like a very 50s feel on the cover of the album right talking yeah. about that whole crickets thing at the beginning it all ties back together yes there's a very yeah, 50s cool. feel so Definitely. we part of the reason we wanted to talk to you i mean in general i won't i, I like i said i kind of have a renewed appreciation for the huntington's you guys sort of dropped off my radar but i've been listening again and I always really liked your stuff. I just kind of lost track of you over the years. But we are planning to catch the Huntington's when they play in Chicago next month. Yep. About, uh, about a month from now, a little more than a month from now, they're playing awesome. with – you guys are playing with great Flatfoot 56, local Chicago boys, and 500 yep. Miles to Memphis, who we've had uh, Brian from that band on the show too. Nice yep. guy. Yeah, nice guy. Awesome. So we're actually super looking forward to it. I'm actually – doing the rare thing where i'm actually going to bring my wife because she actually seems to really like 500 miles from memphis and i know she likes flatfoot and i suspect she'll like you guys too so but there's a pretty good chance we're not going to see you right josh pretty good chance yeah i there was a, a slight chance earlier last week um so basically what you're referring to is i got a baby coming uh it's due march 12th and it's my first the show is like the eight 18th, 18th yeah, yeah that's right yeah, yep. yeah 
So 18th you, and Reggie's, it's your, 19th and uh, uh, Mary's place in Rockford is the next day. Rockford, Illinois. Okay. Yeah. But yeah, the so 18th. Your, is, it, is it your first child? Did you say, were you saying it's your first child? It's my first. Yeah. It's my wife's second. Okay. Uh, well, congratulations, man. That's awesome. Yeah, my, my, I have two baby boys and one of them is going to graduate. From, the younger one is going to graduate from high school this year. So that's, isn't that wild? <laughs> so <laughs> it is wild. I mean, my, I have a my youngest girl, my baby girl is fourteen. I have two adult children, so yeah, it's 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 pretty. And and I'm sure you're a little younger than we are, but I suspect you're not that young to be having your first child. But that's that's cool too. Uh, I'm forty one. My wife is uh, is uh, thirty one. So uh, okay, we're, but we're nine years apart. So um, she's got a almost twelve year old. 11 year old and, oh no uh, kidding well you're gonna have that both ends of the spectrum huh you're gonna be getting yeah. hormones and Dude, I, mean, I mean i didn't i was so relieved when we found out it was a boy inside <laughs> they, and i jumped into parenthood they, a couple years ago with like a you know 10 10 year old i guess and at the time and no probably nine i guess but yeah she was growing up all fast and she's getting into the cell phone now and just arguing and yeah it's it's all downhill it's 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 all downhill from there you will <laughs> you'll lose your grip at some point it'll be fine yeah. neil's got an adult daughter i have an yeah. adult daughter and i have a daughter in high school it's it's fine it's it's uh yeah. you know you just gotta I mean, live through it it'll be all right I, I love her to death i'm just like i just thought if i ever had a kid it would probably be a boy i'd probably have one and but then dealing with a, a girl coming up into the preteen era i was like oh, i don't know if I, if oh I yeah, dude, your your world, is, girl your world and, is gonna be <laughs> yeah. So yeah. I'm super so your world. Is gonna, yeah. So your last week we had a. I know. Right. Um, yeah, last week we had a. We went to the hospital. We thought that maybe it was coming early, and we were there for about six hours, but was not coming early. Uh, she got some medicine. She was having horrible heartburn, all that, and it's all all good now so now it seems like it might actually be closer to the due date and um and that's like I, a week before a week before you're supposed to do the weekend literally the yeah like a week before and i think so, so really we need to hope that she has the child early and that she kind of gets hormonally balanced where she's willing to let you sneak out for a couple days <laughs> yeah just like that's a, week. Oh, a week or two early yeah <laughs> the band will be playing the band will be playing as a trio either way right yes. i mean the band yeah. will They've done a few shows as a trio um, towards the last couple months, and uh, it went over fine. Everybody, you know, nobody, nobody was complaining. Like, I wasn't getting flooded with messages like, "Where are you? Why aren't you here?" You know, wasn't anything like that. My plan is to my plan is to drink about thirty old styles and start talking to the other guitar player as if I know him that he's you and just <laughs> yeah. Like, uh, yeah just that's, that's, just that's, call him Josh the whole night yep. yeah just gonna call him Josh exactly exactly <laughs> right yeah so perfect. so it's funny Jess because you actually jog something because when I when I mentioned to Neil and it, when I mentioned to Neil the Huntington's he said he said something and then you mentioned the Cornerstone Festival he said um weren't they that Christian band from the 90s or 2000s or whatever and I said you know I guess they were but but the fact of the matter is your lyrics were always so kind of Ramonesy and so kind of fiftiesy that it wasn't really it wasn't really an issue. It wasn't like you're you weren't singing like you mentioned Striper earlier. You weren't singing Striper songs where they were really, you know, they were trying to proselytize with basically heavy metal songs right. or whatever. So is it? I mean, are the Huntington's 
so is that like a prerequisite for membership at this point or is it just I mean I mean are you guys all Christian guys at this point and I'm not even being a jerk I mean I'm not I'm I'm actually I'm a Christian guy myself I actually don't have any issues with it I'm not I'm not like trying to troll you I'm just curious at this point more than anything No man it's, um, it's always good to ask important questions and stuff you know and uh we're yeah that that whole there was a whole big scene back then in the mid to late 90s that sure tooth and tooth massive. and nail was the whole scene right I yeah mean, the whole scene was um, like revolved around tooth and nail yeah 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 there was a few other labels and but it was it was awesome i was uh i grew up uh, a christian and you know went to youth group and met sure. friends that were punk kids in youth group and they would let me borrow their mxpx cd and uh, i think i <laughs> you know i'd I actually, I think, made a, a cassette tape copy of the first Huntington's record from a friend of mine, uh, Sweet 16. And just, you know, I I had like a, a Ramones little bit of background, I guess, prior to that, because my dad, just whatever your parents listen to, you kind of hear that growing up. And he would always listen to uh, Ramones and when he'd oh. be driving around his truck. And That's aged me wow, right there. Dude, That's aged me. Thank age. you. Thank you for that. I was going to say, yeah, his dad had much better taste than ours did, right? <laughs> my, yeah, my dad. Sinatra was my dad. A lot yeah. of similar tastes. And um, and he's like 60. He just turned 68. And he just, but he was always a big Ramones fan. And, cool. Um, hmm. So was that's my Was he a punk rock guy in general, or he just liked the Ramones? No, not at all punk rock guy. Like, like very, just, <laughs> yeah, I don't know. He's very, like, anal retentive and stuff, but he, uh, but he likes good music. He, he's really into you know, currently. He's like getting into like icky pop and stuff. And that's right. He's like going into a slightly different direction. But well, like he, he is younger than Iggy Pop. Barely. <laughs> right. right yeah. Well, it's funny. Well, you know, it's funny you say that. Just a, a real quick segue. Just because my my mom grew up listening to the Beach Boys and Motown and stuff like that, and my mom likes the Ramones too. I mean, that's one yeah. of those. I mean, my mom. You, if I put the Sex Pistols on, she would not be pleased, but she liked the Ramones. I so think, anyway, I'm sorry. I, th- I think Latte has a song about that, don't they? Even my mom likes they do. the Ramones. They do. Yeah. They have a song called "Everybody Loves yeah. Ramones." Even my mom. Even my mom. Right. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. Yeah, my dad's huge, huge Beach Boys fan as well. So like, that, I think Ramones mm-hmm. and Beach Boys go hand in hand. I love the sure. Beach Boys. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, I don't know. What was the question? I don't oh, know. We're going yeah. talking Christian about that show, you, I guess, are, right? Yeah, yeah. Christian, yeah. Christian. Yeah. Christian, yeah. Well, so, yeah. We don't throw Bibles like Striper and stuff, but I'm a huge Striper fan. But uh, I've seen him a couple times. Yeah, I've seen him. Believe it or not. I saw him once at Cornerstone, actually. <laughs> that was the only time. Well, it's funny you mentioned Cornerstone because Cornerstone was good. So I, I went there a couple times as a kid. What's Cornerstone? I don't no know rock. what that is. I don't know what that is. It's You know what, dude? It's this big Christian music festival in the middle of a cornfield in Illinois. Yeah. Where about like, in Illinois? Uh, is it like down down south Illinois, I guess? Yeah, it must be. I, you it's know, I don't like, I probably, uh, I mean, I probably went in the early 80s. You're, so, Neil, you're in – are you in Liverpool? No, no, no. I'm no. Hey, I've, I've been I've I've been in Chicago land for for decades now. Oh, okay. Yeah. Well, uh, you know, um, Rebellion Fest in yes. Blackpool. Yep. Yeah. Sure. Like, I would compare it to that in a way. Not doesn't look like that because it's a cornfield, but the uh, amount of people and the you know the tallest mohawks you've ever seen kind of thing. 
in a cornfield and but it's like they have one big main stage and a bunch of smaller side stages and everybody just goes out and camps and it was a blast when in the late 90s it was i had a i had so much fun there and not even years that i was playing there just going there and you know get in a van with a bunch of friends and drive out and go see all these bands but uh mc hammer played there one year hmm. which was really cool yeah <laughs> yeah see i'm okay I, i'm trying to maybe this isn't the same one we went to but my parents used to take us to one and because it was there was really no rock i mean you might get like dallas home or something be like the biggest rock guy i mean there'd be no rock it was definitely more uh like the singer songwriter era still i guess but anyway yeah oh probably i don't know older christian music like the whole punk and hardcore stuff took off in the in the 90s for yeah this would have been the, season, i probably so. i probably went for the last time in like the mid 80s if we're being honest okay but uh yeah. but yeah I'm, I'm a little i'm a little older than you I'm, I'm 48 going on 49 neil's 10 years older than i am he's we're the we're definitely the geezers i say he started listening to punk rock in like 77 i started in like 87 so well both of you i heard you both say like oh i've seen seen the ramones once or twice or whatever and i've never yeah, yeah. seen them so i mean didn't you yeah you're yeah. probably a little a little too young. I saw him in the early '90s, nice. that classic Social Distortion tour, and then I saw him later on in the '90s. Mm. But Neil, when, when did you see him? You saw him in the '80s, right? I did see him in the '80s. Yeah, I saw him in the '80s and the '90s. Yeah. I know you saw uh, the Social D. Social yeah, Distortion I did. Tour that I saw too. That was that was so good. That was yeah. so good. It was. Yeah. Man, if I could go back, Neil, if I could go back, I was 19 years old. I was full of piss and vinegar. Oh, I'd love to go back to that. <laughs> Yeah, you're still full of but piss, any, but not so much vinegar anymore. <laughs> anyway, I'm sorry. So anyway, the bottom line of that last question is the answer is yes, but you're not really too in your face about it is what you're kind of saying, right? Uh, I mean, yeah, we've never been in your face about it. I'm, a, I'm probably, I don't know if I'm, I don't want to say I'm the most Christian of all the guys. You know, that's a horrible thing to say. Uh, it's not <laughs> pride, a... Uh, the pride before the fall, my right, friend. The yeah. Pride before the fall. It's not a, um, it's not something like our, our drummer is Catholic. Um, Cliff is still uh, Christian, you know, and I don't know if he goes to church very much. I have no idea. Um, I've invited, I, I brought him, actually I invited him to church once and he came with me. So yeah, he has been to church probably in the, in, once in the past year maybe. And, um, but it, it's never been a thing ever really where we felt like, you know, Christian term called to uh, gotcha. preach and stuff. And uh, so we just, all the songs are about girls and most of them are made up sure. girls, like just, you know, not even yeah. people we know. And do you, uh, do you like strap on the acoustic on Sunday morning and do a little strumming or is that not something <laughs> that happens? Now, last night I, uh, I got out of ukulele and was trying to, learn how to play that so watching you YouTube videos and stuff but no i um i did fill i'm like the church i go to when i when i can um found out that i played with cj and played in the huntington's and a couple of the people there knew who we were and so um i don't know the pastor told me once he's like you know the the worship team gets nervous when they see you walk in here. I'm like, why? <laughs> Come on, get out of here. I don't like, like I'm not, I only know three chords. I'm not it's judging funny. anyone from, you know, like, I'm just like, here to, you know, go to I'm, church. I'm, but, sensing a, uh, I'm sensing a gospel remake of I Believe in Miracles. I think you can. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, very man. good, Tom. Very good. Yes. All right. 
I see you've been thinking about that what. one. I'll tell you what. Let's let's. Uh, I I you know I'm the I'm the master of bringing us down rabbit holes. So let's. I'll tell you what. Let's play the last song that Josh picked, and then we'll come back, and I'll let him talk about what he wants to talk about. Well, yeah, and he has to introduce this one because I don't know what what on earth is not Penny's boat about. Please tell us what this is about. Right. So we put out a new record right before COVID happened. It happened. Uh, it came out on January thirty first, two thousand. So right when everything was getting shut down. So yep. we had like no time to go out and promote. We had I think th- two record release shows that weekend, and like one other show after that, and then everything stopped. And so it kind of sucked. Bad timing. But at the time, we were like, "This is the best thing we've ever done." Every band always says that, you know. Um, sure. But this, it's not really great promotion if you come out and say, boy, we didn't really, this record wasn't that great. <laughs> yeah, well, kind, record, it kind right, of right, sucks, right. yeah. It's yeah. not really a good <laughs> A lot of filler we're, on this one. Yeah. But we were all really excited about it, um, and it just just sucked, you know. Well, whatever. This is the state of the world. It's the same for every band right now. Um, we're going to be sitting on a lot of records for a while, and meanwhile, we're all at home and stuff, and we just got to stay busy so we write other stuff and we keep going from home and stay stay busy as best we can and so now there's like now we're all like looking forward to the next thing but um at the time this this record was uh, i mean it is i think it is a great record it's a little different from typical huntington stuff uh, but there's some like deeper you know it's not all girly fun songs but you added a, you added the fourth chord, didn't you? There's a couple fourth or fifth <laughs> chords going on, yeah. Ooh, uh, ooh. I did a I did an Iron Maiden solo and <laughs> I, I basically stole an Iron Maiden solo and on the. the there's like a, there's like there's a, there's an eight minute song keyboard. <laughs> yeah, uh, but no, this one it just we all liked it. We were all excited about this song, and then Mike asked me to do like a extra little thing during the course and when i did that and then when i heard it back with lyrics it was like i i got all choked up cliff i think he probably doesn't want me to tell you this story but he basically left the room because he was getting choked up and we just had like an emotional moment with it and it was it was really cool because we the song all of a sudden like meant a lot to us and we had a lot going on, both of him and I, both Cliff and I had a lot going on, uh, going through separations at the time. And uh, Mike wrote the song. Uh, he's a big fan of that show Lost. And there was an episode called, I think it was the name of the episode called Not Penny's Boat. And hmm. um, I've never actually watched the show. So couldn't Don't tell waste you your time, dude. how it's that works. Piece. But, you know. But yeah, it's he wrote it kind of based off the show, and then he kind of huh. threw in threw in a couple extra little jabs for Cliff and I to get our our heartstrings tugged on, and um, at least I think that's how it how he did it, or maybe he did just happen that way. But either way, it's a great song. So and what's so what's the album called? The album's called Muerto Carcel o Rock and Roll, which is Spanish for uh, dead something. dead jail or rock and roll 
Well, there you go. It's kind of like, all right, are we going to be just done? Are we dead? And is what it is? Or are we in jail where we just like keep doing the same thing? Uh, keep writing the same kind of songs about girls that we don't know uh, <laughs> or, or rock and roll, which is just do what we want when we want, however we want to do it. And wow. So there that's, you go. That's how it came about. Yeah. That's, that's pretty deep. All right. So let's listen to that. That is, uh, this is not Penny's boat from the Huntington's from the 2020 album.
There you go. Huntington's there with uh, Not Penny's Boat. I noticed you didn't pronounce the name. I yet. didn't. Muerto Casamo Rock and Roll. There you go. Yeah. You got it. Yeah. yeah, 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 yeah. So that's a great album that, cover that? too, man. That's a great album cover on that one too. I like Thanks. that with with the sugar skulls and stuff. One for each yeah. band member. That's pretty cool. Mike's daughter actually painted that. Oh um, wow. She's a, in art school. She's in high school still, but she's taking college art classes, and she's really oh. talented. Her name's Petra, like the Christian rock band. Like the band. Um, like yes. Yeah. Like this is war. <laughs> Right. Yes. And uh, she did a good um, job. So it's it's funny. So, so, I mean, that that name, that album pretty much sums you guys up at this point, right? I mean, just you do what feels right. If you don't feel any obligation or what's I mean, how do you yeah. describe the current state of the Huntington's? Is that it? Yeah. Like we don't want to um, just accept any offer and, and say we'll do it because we know we can always back out of it because that screws people and ruins relationships and all that we don't so we try and like get like for real confirmation before we commit to anything and um you know tom one of my uh notes that i wrote down i only wrote like three notes because i because i was short on time but was tom went to savage mountain fest because i I saw there was an episode about that and that was something that we were supposed to play um and I guess that was that was last year, right? I was, I went, yeah, we went last year. Yeah, twenty twenty. Yeah, I think it was. Supposed the beer was to be. a little twenty twenty one. I mean, twenty twenty one. Yeah, the beer was a little too cheap at that thing. It didn't turn out as well as I'd hoped. <laughs> it, was, it was really, it was really fun. Actually, we had a really good time. It was nice, nice. off steam. Yeah, but anyway, but yeah, yeah it, that, dude, that was I mean, one of the things I, we had to back out of. Like good folks, I would, I would definitely, uh, I would definitely, you know, vouch for them if I could. They're, they're good. Yeah. Good people. Oh, they're awesome. Yeah. We, we, uh, had, we knew a lot of the guys running that and stuff. And, um, so we were like excited to do it, but, um, uh, I forget why. I don't know if it was just COVID or, or what, but and yeah. we had to not do it. And then, um, but the, I'm really, I, I'm not bummed that I have a, a child coming, but I'm bummed that, uh, I can't do, I probably can't do the upcoming, uh, Illinois shows because Flatfoot 56, man, love those guys. Yeah, they're great. We got married last What's year that? and we walked down the aisle to, uh, their version of I'll fly away. Like when, after we oh, were yeah. married, after they like announced us, we turned around and that song came on and, um, yeah. Awesome dudes. I've been it's funny. With, you were talking about the song. Um, you were talking about the song choking you up because I actually haven't listened to the, I haven't heard your new record yet. I'm going to go check. I'm going to check it out this week, but there was that last flat foot 57 was called odd boat. That was the name of the mm-hmm. record. And there was like a song about like losing their dad. I, I assume that's what it was about. I guess I can't be sure, but I just, the same thing was like, wow, I think I got something in my throat here. What's going on? Yeah. You get old, you know, it's like I'm having an emotional response to this. I used to just want to punch holes in the wall. Now I'm actually right. feeling things. bullshit man yeah it doesn't like um you don't expect that with like punk rock (laughs) yeah exactly well you know it's 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 you know you know you get old and you you know it it is you deal with you know you're it's like you know all of a sudden all these songs that you know you know you were making fun of that band you were making fun of the copyright sounding like uh lover boy the other day or whatever but you know but but you know it's it's funny because when you're a kid you're like oh Loverboy sucks so bad but eventually your life does become the living for the or working for the weekend song you know, <laughs> or or you know your kids get old and all of a sudden Cats in the Cradle that stupid radio song you're like oh my gosh, 
Yeah. This song, they, they, they figured something out with this song, you know? So it's, it's, it's funny how that, it's funny how that works. So anyway, I hope that, I hope your new album doesn't make me cry like a little girl. <laughs> nah, I probably won't. It, I mean, probably not. I don't think so. But anyway, I'm, I'm going to, I'm going to check it out. But anyway, I don't know. Well, Listen, what, what do you what, do? You have do you have any words of wisdom, Josh? Well, 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 not, that, did, well not that. Did I mean, we did, miss something? Oh, did, sorry, did, go ahead, Neil. Do you have anything else that? Do you have any new albums? Do you have any new stuff in the can? Do you got anything else coming out in the near future? Uh, I mean, they well, just put a record out, yeah. Neil. Give the guy a break. That's twenty twenty, man. Well, <laughs> I know, right? Well, yeah. <laughs> two so, yeah, years the ago, last two years pretty much didn't exist, right? <laughs> last right. two years are just like a vapor. That's crazy. It was actually more. It was, it was twenty five months ago. Yeah, yeah there you old. go. Yeah. Um, and then I don't really count like reissues as putting out a new record. That's like cheating. But um, I, I mentioned it earlier. We have this, a split with the Travoltas, which you got to oh, check yeah. out. So is that right. going to be a full? Is that a full length or seven inch or what? It's uh, it's four songs each. So one new song each and uh, two covers of each other each. Mm. And, and then one old song. Um, I don't think there's any. I don't know why. I just I just looked around the room as if I have like a manager telling me what to do. But I'm <laughs> feeling it I don't think there's any reason why I'm not allowed to talk about it. No one told me I couldn't. Mike, so eight songs. About. That's it's time Mike for Weimer. ten inch. Time Mike for Weimer. ten do, inch. Do you listen to this thing, Mike? Are you going to yell at me tomorrow? <laughs> Michael, listen. Yeah, it should be yeah. a ten inch, eight songs. Anyway, he he talked it. about doing. We talked about seven inch or ten inch or twelve inch and. The ten inch he doesn't like because they get lost in the record stores. I agree with him completely on that one. I, I mean, yes. I, I agree too, but I do love the ten inch format. Plus, the fact of the matter is, I don't think it's any cheaper. That's that's the real issue, right? Like, I don't right. think it's any. That's why these bands now are putting out three song twelve inches because even the seven inches really aren't much cheaper anymore. Yeah, but three then also twelve like, inches. Are really... You know, no offense to record stores, but how much should they play a factor in this? Everything's mail order mostly and stuff. You know. Yeah. Uh, I know in Chicago, you guys got still have record stores. We do. Yeah. Luckily, Champ- we do. Yep. Championship record. And, right? and I actually have some surprisingly good stores over here, too. But the fact of the matter is, like, when there was no shows, my record stores were closed for a long time. Once they opened back up, that was like, felt like I was getting back to life. Like, that was like my normal, like, well, at least I can go to the record store. Yeah. You know, so I hope they never shut down again. I don't think they will. My wife's a big, huge um, Queen fan, and there's a Queen. Mm tribute fan a band called almost queen we went to we went out to dc to see them and uh because she you know got us on the guest list so it's like all right i'll go if we don't have to pay for it and you know she got you on the uh, guest list for a tribute band you know you've made it in life right yeah it was the uh it was at the the fillmore in silver spring it's like a okay big venue and anyway but we went up there early and walking around and i'm like oh my gosh there's like three record stores in this town this is and one of them was just massive i just couldn't believe it because i don't have record stores around where i live here at the beach there's just there's nothing there's a there's a little guitar shop called beach music that has a couple boxes of vinyl that you can get for a buck or whatever but yeah the the record stores around here are all thrift thrift stores or whatever goodwill you know that's where you gotta find where you where you dig through a thousand records to find one good one and they're all they're all barbara streisand (laughs) exactly yeah perry como and like yeah Yeah. all the like the tijuana brass the polish prince yeah yeah exactly 
I'm excited. Like hopefully, hopefully we can all make it out to punk rock Verduno in Italy this summer in July. Oh, that'd be great. Be able to pick up some good vinyl and see all those guys and pick up, yeah. pick up some good vinyl, spend a hundred dollars to send it home. Right. <laughs> yeah. It's too heavy to carry. Yeah. Sure. Or in my luggage. Yeah. There you go. Yeah. That's well, so, oh, oh, so, so hold on. So when, when is that, um, when is that split coming out? Is that coming out soon or is it going to be like 2023 or something? Yeah. It's, <laughs> the vinyl's ordered. It'll be 2023. It's, it's a, uh, I don't know. It's coming out sometime. Okay. Uh, <laughs> so look out for that one, hoping, folks. Pop pickers, look out for that one. Yeah, exactly. Hopefully this year. Like, I think, so I think the tentative plan is striped in Italy is able to get at least a small pressing of it done sooner. And so I think the plan is to maybe have that like be like a, a festival edition thing that you can get only there, but the actual release of it won't be until both record labels are able to get production done in the U S and overseas. And, uh, at this, I mean, when I talk to Mike Weinberg every other day, it seems we're talking about it and there's, various delays and then all of a sudden he thinks he's got a breakthrough and this is gonna maybe maybe we can use this company and then i think today he was telling me about another or yesterday he was telling me about another guy who's gonna call today who uh has a hookup somewhere and he knows a lot of people um he's definitely a good dude and good guy to work with because hustling man he's he'll, hustling. he'll get it he'll get it done one way or another i i just it, we we're at the mercy of the record company sure uh, well, and plants the, you know? and that's the that's kind of the beauty of being the old guys in a band who are playing because they still love playing, but are not trying to really make a living or anything. It's like, you're, you know, you're kind of on Island time, right? You're on yeah. beach time, right? You just, you know, when it works out, it works out. Right. We, um, we, I mean, we I can't afford to buy, every, our... I can't afford to buy every record at once. So it's okay. It's their space. Yeah. Out. We, we do like, you know, we have the band camp page hunting. I should promote that Huntington's USA. Yeah, yeah. Tell us. Yeah, yeah. Give us all your socials. Yeah. You, you, no, that's. Stuck I in mean, we every, everything it. is everything is Huntington's USA, all one word. There you go. Um, the Facebook, Twitter, all that. But on the Bandcamp, we we do pretty well. Um, it was funny because right the night before that last Muerto Carcel Rock and Roll came out, um, Burnt, Scott at Burntos Vinyl, who he put that record out, he was like, "You guys don't have a Bandcamp." Like, yeah, I don't know. I never really got into that. And he's like, no, you need, you, you, you're crazy. What kind of band are you? You don't have a band camp. So I set up the band camp page like that night. It went live at like midnight, the day the album came out. And uh, like I said, I'm a stats guy. When I look back on it, I'm like, wow, we've made a lot of money from this little website selling merchandise. And I've been busy packing up a lot of orders you know, thanks Scott for bringing Bandcamp to my attention <laughs> as something that we should be doing. And so it was cool. And that, and, uh, you know, it's, it's a lot of, uh, it's nice to be able to like connect with fans on all these different levels, I guess. And, um, you know, we could do little special things and little giveaways or little, uh, limited edition. We got 10 copies of this thing, blah, 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 and throw it out there. I, I forget where I was going. I actually wasn't trying to promote that, but no, it's good. It's good. I somewhere I was going. Okay. It, yeah. Well, and and we, I know uh, I know that I know that Mike at Sexy Baby. Well, I guess it's on Point Press is 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 screen printing place. They have a bunch bunch of new Huntington's T-shirts, I believe. Yes, yeah. I've, I've seen a yes. bunch of new T-shirts over there. So, 
Mike yeah, made us they, our uh, Mike made us our punctuated dice sweatshirts, so we're very happy with it. Yeah, they do really nice work. On, on Point Press yeah. does fantastic work. Yeah, I have to say. Yeah. We had uh, and plus he, he hooked us up with you, which we appreciate too. Yeah, so thanks, Mike. They did a uh, we did, we got a new backdrop. We had a backdrop made for the last album, and which was used at like two shows, and then our drummer was like, you know, that album, it's like old news. We need a new backdrop. I'm like, we never even used it, man. We used it like once or twice. He's like, yeah, but I think we, I want to get a new one. And um, I, I argued against it. I was like, no, we already have a backdrop. Like we, we should use it for a little while and get a new one later. And, um, but it was, you know, it's not like we play that many shows anyway, but um, we ended up getting a new one from on point press and it looks awesome. And it's way better quality than the one that that we had originally. So, yeah, uh, we have a we have a we have a backdrop for when we do live shows too. But I think Neil's going to be scared to use it because he thinks Cheetah Chrome's going to stab him or something. Yeah, he so. is. He's going to sue us and attack we us. Might, yep, we might have to get a new one too. <laughs> I had one we other note that I wrote down that I wanted to ask about. Just okay. real quick, just all I wrote down was y'all had Glenn Matlock on. Yes, we did. Yeah, yeah, that's, <laughs> that's pretty cool. Damn straight it was. Holy shit. Well, I, uh, I, mean, you guys I, wrote, I wrote for many years. I wrote for like seven and a half years. I wrote for Punk News, so I ended up getting a pretty good amount of connections over the years. Um, and this podcast still is officially under the Punk News umbrella. And I, I actually am starting to write for a, a different, a newer upstart site now. But I do have, I'm like on everybody's mailing list. So, you know, when there's promotional stuff going on, I saw that Glenn Madlock had a new album coming out with Earl Slick. I'm like, I'm like, well, this is a long shot. But I reached out to the the publicity guy and said, hey, is Madlock doing any interviews? And he said, let me check. And he said, sure. Just don't ask him about the Sex Pistols. And we said, sure, we'll do that. And And we we asked him about the Sex Pistols. Proceeded to ask him about the Sex Pistols. No, it was so funny, you know, because you got the bass player for the Sex Pistols on and he just it's just like an old english guy he's probably sitting there drinking tea and eating crumpets or something you know yeah. he's so mellow such a mellow <laughs> yeah. dude but he was it was fun it was cool and he was really uh philosophical about the whole experience i was i i thought it was real cool we had tv smith on from the adverts yeah. we've had some old school guys now we've had some real cool guys on actually we mix it up we have you know from the small local band to the we always thought i always felt like punk rock shouldn't have any kind of a class division so we you know we have everybody from literally from like a local band that we just like to you know big names to you know just whoever whoever's got a story to tell we'll we'll, we'll let them tell it yeah so. yeah we used to so. do a, a a youtube like video podcast there was like the guys in the band and we would bring on uh, another band or a, a some an artist or whatever and it was just a video chat type of thing. It's sure. called the absolute awesome show. We stopped doing it a few years ago. But we had No, that was had, a that was the Huntington's guys? That was yeah, the Huntington's yeah. thing? Okay. We had like Monty Melnick came on once and Joe Queer oh, nice. and CJ came on for an episode. Um we had our, our friends who were another tooth and nail band, the Halo Friendlies, which is an all girl band. And I remember them. Talking to them and uh they they only did like one album, I think, but they got to go on warp tour and uh, like the whole tour we only got to do like two shows on work tour and i'm like how come your neighborhood. like why are they on this entire tour and they only got one album out come on but we had their friends and we had them on and um but the one girl went on to play in smashing pumpkins ginger and oh she, really so ahead of time she was like the only thing you guys can't ask me about is billy corgan 
of what course. a weirdo he is. As soon as we start, Cliffy is just like, so, how, what do you think about Billy Corgan? <laughs> and how did that go down? <laughs> She's just like laughing and like giggling. Like, I, I told you I didn't want to talk about that. You know, Sean Barrison. Yeah. Um, we didn't, we kind of broke the rules when it came to, well, Cliff broke the rules, I should say. You mentioned you mentioned Joe Queer earlier. He was a guy for us that was definitely like a breakthrough. Like we picked up more people, more new listeners when he was on. I think he was our biggest. And you know, it's not like he's you know, it's not like he's a household name, but in that punk rock circles, and he was so great, so candid, you know, just no fear in all of saying something to you know alienate people. That and that's what's great, you know, these people who aren't too guarded because a lot of people are real publicity savvy. The ones who yeah. aren't are the best. Like the Crete, we had the Cretan from Daglo Abortions on, and that, like one of my favorite bands, Canadian punk band, and he was so great too, Neil, wasn't he? I mean, just, he was. just guys who were just absolutely yeah. unhinged, you know. I don't think he talked to anyone for the whole of COVID. I think because we were the first people he talked to in two years. Yeah, he, he just, just went for like two hours, and he probably could have went longer. Yeah, he was he was super good, dude. Love love his bands, you know, and, and you know you're always afraid to have somebody on. If you really love somebody's band, those are the ones that make you nervous. You're like, oh, well, this guy's a total dick, you know. <laughs> yeah. But they almost. Almost everybody we have on really turns out to be great, with a couple of exceptions who we will gladly tell you after we get off, after we stop recording, if you want to know. Yeah, but I, you probably already know too if you've ever come across them. So anyway, it's all good. I've always kind of been like, uh, you know, if someone's got opinions about somebody and and they're not anyone that I run into very often, then I'm like, eh, I don't really care, you know. I don't need Pretty to much. know, you know. But uh, whatever, yeah. Exactly. All right. Well, what, so- what song did we say we were going to play out with? Was it uh, Baby, Please Don't Leave? Is that what it was? Yes. We did mention that, yeah. We yeah. could do that one. It's a good one. This was the almost Joey singing along with us. Oh, right. Okay. But, yeah, that sounds like a good one to, to play out with. So, um, yeah. It's not one that we play live. We played it live once or twice, but it, it's <laughs> definitely not like a staple. It's just mm. one that I like and, you know, it's a good one. So how many how many shows are the Huntington's playing? They're playing the two in Illinois. Are you, is it like a full fledged tour or just a, just a few dates here and there? No, I think it's uh, there's one um, right before that in I want to say Harrisburg, Pennsylvania. I think um, I should probably. All right, here we go. It's uh, it's about a week before in um, yeah Harrisburg. Or no, Fred, sorry, I'm terrible. Frederick, Maryland, it's kind of like West Coast, Maryland, um, March 11th. Okay. That's uh, with another great band, the Super High Tech Jet Fighters, <laughs> uh, which we played with a couple times. A good friend of mine, Wes, is their singer. And uh, also this band uh, from that we played with from Baltimore called Over Our Eyes and another band called The Downstrokes. Oh, I know the downstrokes. They played Savage Mountain. Yeah. There you go. So, yeah, they'll be at that show um, in Frederick, Maryland, March 11th. That's a week before. And then we have other stuff. We're in the talks of doing some other. Um, it's not like it's, we're not like a festival band where we just try and. I would love to get to that point where we can just fly out and do punk rock bowling or something and, um, and then go home. But. There's something else going on in Pennsylvania uh, in the summertime, and there's the thing in Italy in well, Punk Rock Verduno that'll be big in in uh, late July in Italy. And we are like 
scheduled to play that. I just don't know what. I don't know details on that one. Neil, they did. So the Huntington's did famously play, and this would have been Josh's era, definitely. They famously played the Going Nowhere Festival, where I originally met the dudes from Sloppy Seconds and started wow. to become friends with them. Yeah. There you go. That was busted by the police on Saturday night, and the Huntington's headlined right. Sunday night. Yeah. Uh, Grand Rapids. Grand Rapids, yeah. Well, yes. My hometown. Tom's hometown. That's where I'm, that's where I'm I remember uh, sitting up, upstairs in like the little boxed-off backstage yep. area just because that's where we had – that's where the beer was. And, exactly, yep. And I heard a band – playing um uh i saw the eight man no. and it, i was like this sounds just like lillington's they're not playing this right and i was like ready to run downstairs and they're like no it's definitely they're not they're not playing this and so i i didn't run downstairs i decided to stay up there and enjoy the free beer and then like 15 minutes later i see cody <laughs> around i'm like wait a second did they wait. play there no but he was there I was going to say, I don't remember. And he sang, he sang that song with them. Okay. I was going to say, because I actually did not go on the Sunday, but I didn't remember the Lillington's. Okay. All right. That makes me feel better. Well, there you go. That would have been cool to see. I just saw the cops break in in their full riot gear the night before. That was (laughs) pretty big big fun too. Right. Because of that beer. I'm surprised they had beer the second night. Oh, well. All right, so oh, the plan, so you, so, you, so you guys are playing Maryland on the 11th, and you're playing Chicago on the 18th, and Rockford, Illinois on the 19th. That's the yep. deal, I think, right? Mary's Place. Yep. And, uh, yeah. Yep. I'm excited for the guys to uh, to play Reggie's, because I've played there a few times, and I don't Great. think, uh, I know Mike and Cliff have not played there, and I don't think Chris, our drummer, was with us the last time that I played there, and so... Is it the, is yeah. it is it the big room or the small room, Tom? Do you know? I think it's the big room. It is the rock club. Okay. I'm gonna have yeah, to have my wife hold my wallet. I'm sure it'll be the big room. Flatfoot, you know, they're they're already they're already huge. Well, the, well, the, yeah, well, well, the, well, the queer the queers played the small room, so yeah, you can never tell. I, I think, think if it was just too. us going out, then it would probably be the small room. But uh, but they did two nights, Neil. I think that makes a difference, you know. But I don't know. Hey, all right. Anyway, I'm gonna have to have my wife hold my wallet so I don't buy every record. <laughs> I'm going broke. There you go. And then we're going to see Matt the next day, and I'll probably buy more. So anyway, all right. And then we and then we got Circle Jerks and Seven Seconds the weekend after. Yeah. Yeah. So it looks like Chicago's where we're ready to start kind of loosening up a little bit too. Right. So it's good. It is for sure. So, what, all right. What year is this? You guys are seeing all these nostalgic <laughs> bands. That's right, Matt. That's right. Well, yeah. 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 It is pretty amazing when you you know when we're when I'm pushing fifty and Neil's pushing sixty. That means our heroes. How old are our heroes? You know. Ooh. Yeah. <laughs> anyway. I mean, right. as a forty-one year old, I will say that that neither age is that old when it comes. Yeah, to, I agree. Once, once I you're agree. pushing seventy, I would say. Like I was thinking about it recently. It was just my dad just turned sixty-eight, and I'm like, yep. well, now now I think you're getting old. But I, I never really thought that before. It doesn't look old, but now well, I start the, to, to tell you every area. Every year you get older, it shifts what seems old. So yeah, straight, <laughs> yeah. But Char- and Charlie Harper just keeps on ticking. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Iggy Pop and Charlie Harper should be all our life goals. I think. Yeah, I think yeah. so. Yeah. All right. Let's. All right. Let's play this last song, and then we're gonna let Josh go and uh, rub his wife's feet or whatever yeah. he has to do preparing for that, preparing for the yep. birth of Joey Jr. 
Yeah, and, uh, yeah. Go watch. Uh, go watch. Uh, what's it called? The Midwife on uh, on Netflix. Yeah, uh, that, that's a good show. I've never seen it, but she she's watched she watched them all. Yeah, I it's fantastic. It's actually a fantastic show. It actually is a really really good show. But anyway, I did not watch it either. Yeah, you should watch it, especially the one in 1963, because that's when I was born. Okay, ah, so nice. this right. is the last one from the Huntingtons tonight. This is Baby, Please Don't Leave. And this one is from Songs in the Key of You again, right? From 2001. Yeah. Yep. Okay. All right. So, baby, please don't leave. Huntington's. Pretend the things that I want to hear just to please my ear. Yeah, it drives me crazy. Come on, come on, ask me one more time what's on your mind. Signal's busy. You're not the kind of girl who laughs at me. tonight that was uh, baby please don't leave thanks josh thanks for coming on man thanks for giving us your time yeah this thanks for coming to us thanks for having me guys i, I, will, I think early on i said uh nice to meet you and i now we talk about all these shows i've probably met you before probably met, <laughs> I, I, probably well you know and it's, you know 
Tom was the drunk a, one. A, Tom was the drunk yeah. one with, with his shirt yeah. off, probably. It's a bummer that you probably aren't going to be in Chicago because I'm really looking forward to meeting a bunch of people actually in, in Chicago that we've kind of caught up with either on the podcast or that I kind of know online that I've never been able to catch up with. So anyway, maybe next time, man. Maybe yeah. next time we can catch up. I love Chicago. Or maybe Chicago that- was a once a year thing for me. I was I was like steadily going to Riot Fest every year. Um, so it started and- to suck. <laughs> well, the last time I went, uh, I went with street dogs as like a whatever tech guitar tech i didn't really do anything i threw a couple bottles um yeah but like having the whole all access thing made me never want to go back unless i'm either playing or i can be with a band that is playing and i mean it's just so much better than now it's all smashing pumpkins and nine inch nails though it doesn't really have the great doesn't have the great punk bands that it used to yeah Although that year when I had the whole all access thing, I did get to go up on stage and be right almost right next to Jerry Lee Lewis, which blew mm. my mind. And he he was being helped off the stage and I was like holding people back so they could get down the stairs and stuff. And nice. Um, yeah, that was well, awesome. pretty cool. Huh. Yeah, well, but cool. I mean uh, every year, like my buddy who lives in LA, we kinda we would meet up in Chicago and um every year we talk about it. Like, I'm like, no, nah, I'm not going anywhere. No, nah, I'm not going this year. And it's like, well, the Misfits, uh, yeah. I mean, and then sometimes we, okay, let's just go. Let's just go. And, you know, and it's a blast. So I I love Chicago. I would, uh, unlikely I'll be at these shows. <laughs> let's sure put I'll it this way. Let's put it this way. You love Chicago in the summer and the spring. You do not love Chicago in the winter because yeah. nobody does. Yeah. Well, I'll tell you what. I was in up there. Come back the next. <laughs> come back next year since you can't come this year come back next year we'll come see you next year yeah all right sounds yeah, good yeah yeah definitely sounds good you guys all are right. awesome thank you very much yeah thanks man i thanks, have to pee again big surprise yeah so that means it's time to like that's why i know it's time to wrap up when it's time for the second p yeah, that's that's, yeah. that's every 20 minutes for you tom i think you should see a doctor so yeah thanks so much man it was good to catch up and uh yeah, yeah. i'm sure we'll i'm sure we'll run each other down the road at some point here so definitely who yeah. texts you? Who's uh, whose number do I have? Fine, that's Tom's. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, you yep. te- right. I'll drunk text you later on. I'll save it. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> Sounds good. So uh, everybody, keep a little mark in your heart. Stay free. We'll smell you later. Smell you later, everybody. Thanks. Bye. All right. Thanks.